mistake. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today we're sitting down with Allie Colleen as she saddled up and headed west to share her tunes on a little West Coast tour. Stopped in Vegas, Stoney's Rocking Country. We spent some time in the Toad's Tunes studio talking about her latest release of Honest Man. One coming around the corner called Tattoos. Love that song. We dove into her childhood growing up playing in a pop punk band. Her first concert ever, Papa Roach. I think that's kind of cool. Putting covers in her set. We're talking about Jody Messina, Kings of Leon, and more. You know what? Let's get to know Allie Colleen. I'm not trying to fall in love, give a fuck about us in a wrong way. Ain't trying to complicate a simple feeling, pull the trigger, put your hands on my body. Just a little taste, my heart ain't gonna... Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes, Allie. Colleen, back in the studio again with with me and Toad. That's me. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to Vegas. I'm so stoked to be here. You are out on a run on the West Coast. You have to be having fun. You're with your best friend. I want to say plural. A couple of your really, really good friends. How's that? How's it been? It's been amazing. Um, I've gotten to play on the West Coast before acoustically, but never like as a band, and definitely never like as what feels like a convoy of equipment and people and all that stuff. I mean, I think there's nine of us out here on the road this week, so it's it's wild. It's I, weird. It's like nothing ever happens in the time that I think it would. Like I thought we would be doing this maybe a year or two from now, right? But instead, you just saddle up and figure it out. I think the greatest thing was is when I was talking to Wyatt, who advanced your whole show. Uh, he tells me that we need stagehands. And I went, what? <laughs> it's Allie. Like, what are you it's talking Allie. about? And then he told me, I went, oh, wow, I can't It's just wait. for me, I wanted to be carried in. <laughs> you, you won't. <laughs> I think that's something you should do. I think that would be badass, man. You've got a brand new single that just came out. I want to talk about that one for a few. Okay. Um, why, are, why are you trying to make someone an honest man? Isn't that supposed to go the other way? I... And wonky, you know what I mean? Yes. Proud of it. I've always felt so encouraged to pursue things, right? I mean, obviously, I've wanted to sing since I was eight, and yep. I was going to make that happen. I'm, I'm very prideful of making things happen for myself. With that said, also, I just, I'm not a big gender norms person. I don't think most of them don't make sense to me. Most of them are in a time that is not applicable now. And I just think dudes deserve to be pursued a little more. You know what I mean? I think I think that how special is that? And I think it was a big thing for me when I had nieces and nephews for the first time. And I get to watch them grow up in this cool new world of culture that is accepting and exhausting and all of the cool things. But different. the thought, different. <laughs> exactly. And like just the thought that like my nieces can grow up and go for literally any job that they want to ever. You know yeah. what I mean? In any position, any whatever. And then... Got a little nephew, and I was like, what's PJ going to do? You know what I mean? And just the thought of somebody just pursuing PJ, and that PJ doesn't have to worry about who he's going to ask to prom. Maybe someone's going to ask PJ to prom. And just those kind of things. Like, they're just important to me, and I've always felt that way about it. And so getting to write a song um, that validates women like me that just want to pursue their man and make him feel special, like, and also take that stage. Because we've got a song out called Playing House, that came from me watching one of my best friends' relationship, where just for years, I think they dated for six years before they got married, and she was always talking to me about, like, wanting to get married, and would openly express to him all the time, like, you're going to ask me to marry you today or not? And I was like, dude, just, you know exactly what you want, just ask for it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to ask him to marry me, that's silly. Because society has said to this date that that's not acceptable. Yeah, and I was like, absolutely not, just go get what you want. And it was so cool to sit down and write it, 
with because I wrote it with Kate Hastings and Lance Carpenter and Big Benny. So it was very cool to have like Kate and I being really independent, headstrong women, and then Lance and Vinny um, being I would consider Lance, or maybe I just assume to be a pretty traditional guy. And so I was like, I need you guys to help us write this to where like you don't feel emasculated, you know what I mean? And like right. you're not embarrassed and you're not whatever. But a woman just gets to go and ask for what she wants. And so that's that's what we did. And I, I love this song. I look at the youth in that sort of thing, um, acceptable today and not not acceptable in my time. Um I like it. It's been of one the- of the wildest responses from it is these women that are like my husband and I are celebrating our 25th anniversary and I asked him to marry me and this was not cool back then. You right. know what I mean? Like, thank you for validating like our stories, which I thought was so wild because I thought I was encouraging women like me to go right. forward in the future and change it. But there's so many women that have came out of everywhere. They're like, thank you for validating something that we did 20 years ago that everyone thought was silly. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some fun. I've never been married before. I've never been engaged before. I asked one person to marry me, but it was for all the wrong reasons. It was right after my son was born. I asked my son's mom because we split up, went the other way, whatever. That doesn't count to me. But I don't know if I would want it to be that way myself because I'm old school. And that's okay. Yeah, I I love the idea of it because in the world that we live in today, it's okay. Everything's okay. Like, I think it's so beautiful. I think it depends on how you see it too. I think you have to get the narrative of a woman on her knee out of your head. I don't think that's how you do it. I don't you know even think I mean? of it that way. Yeah. So I know that that's been a big thing for people. It's like, well, how are you even going to do it? It's like, I'll make you a sandwich. I don't know. Whatever makes you happy, <laughs> my guy. But like, I think there's so many ways to do it. And I think it's so special. And I also have, I have met people before. I've been in relationships with people before that have also expressed the same thing. That right. Like, no, like. My way. That would make me feel less of a man. Or what do I do when people ask us how I asked you? You know what I mean? Like, as soon as you say, oh, we're engaged, and they're like, oh, well, how did you ask her? And he has to go, no, she asked me. He goes, that's lame. I go, no, that's really freaking cool. I would just probably respond with, yeah, she knows her role. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably what I would say. You know, maybe that's why you haven't been engaged yet or married, my man. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure there's lots of other reasons. (laughs) Um, I I grew up, uh, my mom was married five times before I was 15. So it's a very important piece to my puzzle in life. Of I'm gonna do it once and that's it, yeah. you know. And I have these conversations a lot, and it's it's like uh, it'll happen organically for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I know that that time it'll just hit me and click, and you know, sort of thing. But I love the song. I love the release of it. I love the response you're getting. I think that's cool as shit. It's been really, really cool. I, I want to talk about tattoo. Is it tattoo or tattoos? I think it's plural. Plural. You mm-hmm. think it is, or you know it is? It's plural. It's plural. So you send me this song. And, I, and I, we, were, we were talking about this not too long ago. The text message just says, getting weird. <laughs> and there's a song. Um, where did that come from? Because I, be, be, before you answer that, I think I listened to it 10 times. And then I went in my truck and I listened to it. And then I put my headphones on, I listened to it again, and then I think I responded to you. And I feel as if I know you as a person just by being around you. Not know you know you, but I kind of know your characteristics of who you are and your life. And you painted such a perfect picture of what, to me, what that song is. Like my idea of what that song is. How do you come up with something like that? Like, did you envision what you wanted to say in the very beginning? 
to me, that seems like one of those songs where you already have this video and this idea of how this whole thing's going to come together because to me, it's so perfectly put together as a story. Well, that's very flattering, and I wish we could say it was it happened like that, but no. I just I've always wanted a tattoo song, and I've been pitched tons of tattoo ideas, right? And they're very similar. They're literally tattoos on this town. You know what right. I mean? Like there's already things that have been done, and and um, or they wanted to write songs about maybe a tattoo that I already had or something like that, and I just none of it ever fit the mold. And then tattoos um, was actually really, really inspired by like Carter's music. So like hands on the Carter Winter Temptation album right. and like all of these songs and these just really sexy songs that I loved. And I grew up on pop music. Like I didn't grow up on country music. Like a lot of people assume like I grew up on pop music and like alternative pop punk music. So like that's what I grew up on. And like Christina Aguilera was my main girl that I practiced like all the vocal runs of. So I've always had such a pop side. Right. But. I find that I don't fall in love with the narratives of pop music. You know what I mean? Like there, there's not a lot there. It's weird like, stories. <laughs> they're, they're weird stories, and also a lot of it is just left for you to imagine, sure. right? You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not characters that you can see. Like when you listen to "Don't Take the Girl," and you know what all those people would look like to you in your head, you know. And so, I just wanted a pop song that was sexy and cool, and also again validated the type of woman that I am, which tends to be told more often than not that she's intimidating, you know, and tends to be told more often than not that I have more of a masculine side than a feminine side. You took control in that song. Yeah. And I also wanted that to feel sexy for the receiver as well. Just like Honest Man. Like, I don't want anyone to listen to it and feel like, oh, man, she asked me. I want them to look at it and be like, she fucking asked me. Right. You know, and same thing with tattoos. Like, just for a dude to be just basically completely sexualized from the moment he walked into a door but in like maybe a cool way you know what i mean maybe that's what women have been mad about for years but i thought we could do that to a dude sure that'd be pretty cool to me the 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 whole vision was healthy it really was because you look at it and go um that's usually what a girl i don't want to say dreams of maybe fantasizes of is that type of role but mm -hmm. to say that a guy doesn't isn't fair because a guy does that all the time i mean i'm a guy i, th I think about like when i heard that song i was like jesus christ man like i can see all of this in my life happening just like and there's been those moments yeah and it's so cool and it's it's just i love the song i love a lot of it came back to we really focused on her like as a character like this you know, the narrator obviously it's me but like when I get in the writing room no, the, it's never an I thing it's never whatever unless I come in on the day and I'm like this is what I'm going through we need to write about it right. I need your guys' help but this was just I want this woman this character to just be so confident and so headstrong and like just so ready to go and get exactly what she wants from this person she did yeah she it's super great. did it's great how, but I love it how long do you think till you release that I want to get it out before summer so we're, we're working on it. We would love to do um, a potential radio single this summer, and it's not that song. And so we're kind of trying to figure out where the balance is in releasing. Also, we're not really sure how to set it up because I don't want to get that backlash and that clash of, oh, Allie's going pop, which is a big reason why when we release it, it's going to be like an Allie and Prod by Dom production so very similar to like cam and diplo or anyone sure. that does like the perfect the thing so that's what we're doing yeah, and so it's saying... just going to be me and dom um releasing it under like both of our names kind of thing the producer that's on it um and we're really excited for it but i think it's really just something that we're probably going to tease on tiktok as much as we can and then we're just going to drop it i think that's probably going to be your best bet because people will listen to that i was like even maybe even thinking an alter ego in some sense and letting it fall back to being you yeah because 
I've played it at my house for my buddy Sparky, and, and uh, he had no idea who it was because it's way it's way different than yeah, it's way different stones than, and and <laughs> not the hell my mama raised out. and so different. And then, but that, that's that's also Allie as an artist. We've talked about my generation of of listeners and writers it's like we're all playlist kids you yeah. know what i mean like we didn't listen to full albums like we did when we were little right but as soon as we had the opportunity to just get the song we wanted from the album that's what we did yeah. you know what i mean and so which is good and bad in a lot of ways now that i'm releasing music and wish that somebody would listen to 12 songs consecutively you know what i mean you don't think that people like hardy and morgan wallen are maybe helping with that trend coming back i think that they are I think that they are in a way, and I think that um, people want more from artists at one time now. You know what I mean? And I think but that's also, there's also a weird romanticizing, I think, that's going on with artists. And it's always been this way. Um, but just, I feel like country music hasn't, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the pop scene has, like, its characters. You know what I mean? Like... And maybe it's because most of them don't go by their legal names and they are, they do get to be that persona of their character as right. whatever. But country music has tend to be rooted in who they are as an artist, as a person. Yeah, you know their what I personal mean? experience. Yeah. There. yeah. And so I think that there's an interesting wave that's going different with country now where a lot of our artists are being seen as like the big character. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if it makes sense, but so I think that that's also helping a little bit as much as it's kind of spooky for me who likes to have a detachment from Allie Colleen versus Allie. Um, but I do think it's very cool, but we would love to in the future do like basically albums by genre or put out a playlist album because we'll play a song tonight called Fallen um, in the set. That's just a completely pop punk alternative song cover. No, it's mine. No, yours. Okay. Um, and it's something that I wrote and I just love it. Um, and I w there's a couple artists that I would love to get it to to cut potentially if they would, but um, I love it. But I was also in a pop punk band in high school. Right. Like, love that stuff. So I would love there to be an, an alternate version of life where Ali Colleen gets to put out pop songs and pop punk songs and country songs and like why no one freaks you, out about it. Why wouldn't you do everything you loved? I mean, I mean that's what we're gonna do. I'm just I saying mean, people might not like it. I thought it was really cool that um, um, after Midtown guys came through and they did Scar's Papa Roach mm -hmm. cover in this place. In this that was place, my first concert. It's Papa Roach. Papa Roach. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you what mine was. Um, <laughs> but the place exploded because the kids that come here, that's stuff that they listen to. And I think that that crossover stuff is mm -hmm. kind of, it's kind of cool. I just had, I booked Seth Ennis on my uh, five-year October 1st kind of like uh, Route 91 mm -hmm. show. Uh, Midland played it, and I had a couple other bands, but Seth kind of like stood out because he he came with this band, and I'm gonna draw a blank until I look look it up on my phone and try and remember who it was, but they were kind of a pop band, so maybe not punk, but maybe pop alternative. But mm -hmm. they, in the middle of a set, Seth stepped back and I think grabbed their bass or the guitar and played, and that guy came out and sang one of his songs, and I talked to Seth after it. Similar to what we had talked about, this was what I was saying. It's, it's like the cool. idea of, of coming back and doing an hour and a half of two people. Yeah. You know, I think that that's kind of a, a neat thing. Here, it's a, it's a different vibe, but if you were mm -hmm. able to pull something, like I, I think I might have said to, I don't know, maybe to all of you guys when we were up there, the idea of you doing your set or him doing his set, mm -hmm. and then you guys get to love like I drink, and then whoever the opposite one just walks off, and then that next person just takes over the we show. We would love to. We I, spoke about it. 
um, but it's before dinner. Him I, and I. And I, like, I think Toad's going to let us do it. I'm in. I'm in. I just think that that would be such a neat experience of mm-hmm. really, it's shock and awe in some sense. You think about it. So yeah. le- Carter starts, does everything, and his last song is Love Like a Drink. And then he literally just looks at you and walks off the stage, and then you just go right into your shit. I mean, I, I don't, I don't. I don't think too many people have done something like that. It would be sick. It would be so much fun. I would go first, and it would be so much fun. Yeah. And then the we do Kings of Leon in our set. Which song? We do Sex on Fire. Beautiful. And that's that's one of the bigger ones that people respond to. I mean, we don't keep a lot of covers in our set anyway. We do three. Um, And so we always shout out Jody Messina, and then we always finish with Strawberry Wine, but we got Sex on Fire in the middle, and it's always one of the funner ones. Great tune. It's so much fun. I didn't know half the lyrics until I had to learn how to sing it. You know all about that band, how they were formed and everything? I don't really know anything about them. You should do some research on them because they're very interesting. I'll give you the cliff notes. None of them knew how to play shit, and they're all family. No way. The dr- I, I want to say the drummer's like a cousin of the singer, and they just called him. He's like, I don't know how to play drums. And he was like, well, you're going to figure it out. We're all going to figure it out together. <laughs> That's and amazing. I think that if you, I'm a big fan. So if you go back to like one of their first albums where that, they have a song called On Call, and listen to how simple that song is, you you would understand. That's amazing. Yeah. I love everything about that. Yeah. They're just they're I listen to them um probably about five, six times a month. I go through my phase where they're actually on one of my playlists and I listen to a lot of them. I listen to Kingsley on radio all the time. Just I'm a fan. I some people pigeonhole me as this country guy and I laugh because I told you we were doing interviews for for bar managers. Yeah. And I get the giggles because I'm like, we're looking for someone that likes country music. And the minute I say that to somebody, like, I went through this Indeed thing, and then the people that I found that were, like, prospective people that I'd love to chat with, I write this whole thing out there. And one of the things in there is, hey, do you like country music? If so, what are the artists you like to listen to? Well, I can always wipe people out when they say, oh, I like Dirk Bentley, Luke Bryan, and Luke Holmes. Right. Okay, well, okay, who do you like in yeah. country? Because <laughs> give me a break, dude. All those guys are on, like, American Idol, and, and the voice is host. Like, pick something else. But... Then they come in and they meet with me and they're like, you want a country lifestyle, bro. You're wearing a fast house hoodie and, <laughs> and a hat on backwards and Vans. And I'm like, but ask me anything about country. Yeah, ask me anything about country. <laughs> I love the country look. I love it. It's something that I struggle with a lot because like, I Mickey wear Mouse. Nikes. Like, I wear, Mickey yeah. Mouse is not yes. country. No, well, I wear <laughs> Nikes on stage. I wear Nikes on stage um, with a felt hat. Um I tried for um, when a Carter show is opening up for him. I bought these like rave chaps online, really just because I needed them quick. So I got them off like Sheen and like got these little rave chaps. They're obviously just meant to be worn, I think, with like underwear, but I had jeans under mine and I looked like I was going skiing. Like it was so <laughs> stupid because they're like that, that whatever thing. But I was trying to just add something Western to my thing to where I don't have to wear the hat all the time because. I don't know. It's just that that's one thing about country that I feel like is still tough, like what you look like. But it's not at all. Do you No, because I think everybody's got their own thing. I Mm -hmm. mean, I'll tell you that I got called out. um, I added Mockingbird and the Crow to Country AF Radio, and I shorted myself because I only listened to the beginning of it. And I didn't take the time to listen to the whole thing. I'm trying to think who I was sitting with. Heath Sanders. That's who I was sitting with. And he said... What did you think of the breakdown? And I went, son of a bitch. So I went back and I listened <laughs> to that song. And granted to me, I believe he's talking about radio. But he could be talking about anybody and yeah. anything that has to do with anything in music. Actually, most of it. I mean, the lyrics to that song are pretty much what country music should be, what every genre of music should be. No one should tell you what you should wear, what you should look like, what you should do. 
quit flipping people off, kiss the ring, you know, uh, fuck yeah. all that stuff, man. Just be who you are. And I think he's the guy that's actually going to, for me, he's going to lay the groundwork for artists like you to be mm-hmm. able to walk out there with your poncho yeah. pants and just call it a fucking day and deal with <laughs> it. This is who I am. I like it. I like the... I do miss that a little bit, though. Like, I miss... I don't know that I miss the rhinestone suits, you know? But, oh, like, there's yeah. a little bit about it that I miss, but it doesn't discredit anybody's artistry, you know what I mean? Like, still love everybody and, like, what they do. But there's a little bit of that I miss, and so I'm just... I've been trying to find Allie, like, in all of it. You know what I mean? Right. And it's been really cool trying to find it. The Nikes actually started um, here and at the PBR show, because we played the PBR show, um, yep. and then we came here the month after. And I wanted to play the PBR so bad and like wear my hat because I've always wanted to wear a hat. But I also thought that it, that was what people expected me to wear, so I never wore the hat. And then I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to mix them with Nikes right. and call it good. And like that's kind of how I found my little thing. And you know, but I you do can. my fake little face tat and I do all yeah. my stuff. And like, I love it. You can because you're, you're, there's no one that's like you. But there's no one like anybody in that sense. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, um, I remember sitting here with Cody Johnson, and one of the things that he walked into all these places um, before he got, I love to say, his partnership in what he was doing. He'd walk in all these places, and they'd always say, oh, you need to change your hat, you need to change your shirt, or do this, or take change. He was like, this is who I am. Yeah. Like, But he is country as fuck. Yeah. But I, 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 I tend to think that you get to that place in your career where uh, a Carly Pierce or uh, a Lainey Wilson or uh, an, an Ashley McBride gets to perform on these big things and what do they do they dress up and i think that's the time and the place for you to put on your rhinestones yeah. and put that hat on and yeah. and and just come out and be like mm-hmm. <laughs> i am country oklahoma like get the fuck out of here i know like, i ride horses yeah like what are we doing here but it's just it's just wild and it's so much fun like every show every day learn something new run into something you didn't want to run into right get an opportunity you shouldn't have it's the coolest thing on the planet. I think every you can't say that an opportunity you shouldn't have because everything happens for a reason. Everything does happen for a reason, but I also do think that like we don't turn down anything. You know what I mean? I'm never going to get an opportunity where I'm like, we don't deserve that. We don't whatever. But also, I think the moment that you start expecting too much from people, you're in trouble. You're screwed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like that <laughs> narrative. I, oh, I, I love I, the narrative of. We get to do this today, yep. you know, opposed to we have to stop and do this before we go to the show. No, screw that. We get to do this. I would hope that at whatever level you're at or anybody is at, that they remember where they came from. And that's part of that is we get to. Because at the end of the day, you aren't owed it. Mm-hmm. I've had some artists that have come through here that have changed in, yeah. in horrible ways. And I just sit back and go, man, I, I, I remember when you were just a regular person. You're not any better than me mm-hmm. or better than anybody else, you know. I love the thought of remembering where you come from. For me, it's always been remember why you started. Sure. You know, like, because there's so many things that I think people will spend their whole lives running from as far as where they come from. And some of them have a right to, some of them don't, whatever. You can absorb whatever you want from your lifestyle and you can change whatever you want from your lifestyle. But I do think there's something so special about, um, you mentioned my friends that I have on the road. So I've, I've got my bandmates, which I, I love my bandmates, but I also get to have like Carly Rogers with me, who's my best friend. And then, um, Lane Rose is an artist that I consider my little brother and he's out here with us and Carter's out here with us. And like, just remembering all of our conversations when we sit together at the end of the night and we're anxious or we're mad about something or something always goes back to little Carly or goes back to little Lane or goes right. back to little Carter or little Allie. And it's like, well, dude, what? what would little Allie do right now? And it's usually like, she would shut up and lose her mind, first off, just about where we're at. And then two, 
she would just go do it. You know what I mean? Like, she wouldn't be scared. She would just go do it. Like, you're talking to someone who played in her closet from when she was eight until she was 15. Like, and not because I was nervous to play outside of my closet. It's because, one, I was had a very nice closet, first off. But second off, <laughs> I got to just play for it me. It was 40 by 40 I was whatever. The, yeah, I was the only person I was playing for. You know what I mean? So it's like, who cares if this is what the ticket sales are or who cares if this is who didn't show up or who cares if this didn't happen? I have somebody to play for that's more than just little Allie. That's literally been the goal from the get-go. You know what I mean? So I don't know what I get to run into out here that upsets me or makes me mad or that I can't handle because, like, this has been the goal from the start. I wish that I could bottle certain things um, and give them to people. Russell Dickerson's played here a lot. In his last two shows here, um, I walked his wife off the stage and took her out that side door that we went out tonight sold out show and there was still a line all the way around the corner of H&M and the first time I walked out she goes I'm not walking with you and I said I really wasn't asking let's go I promise you this will be worth it she walked outside I said we're above capacity and this is the line we did it and she went out and literally ran back stopped the show stopped Russell Russell (laughs) called me out both times because that was our goal our goal was from the first time he played here with 250 people here to the last two times had his sixth and seventh show sold out Yours had just hit um, XM, wasn't even hitting terrestrial yet, and we did it in this market. And I wish I could bottle up what he had on that stage and just give it to every artist that's come through here that's gotten big and just hand, hand it back to them and say, this is, where, this, is, this is your excitement. This trumps anything, anything that you've done to this point. I don't care if it's selling out like going and playing on the road with Kenny Chesney mm-hmm. yes that's an accomplishment uh, that's a huge thing playing for hundreds of thousands of people or whatever but that moment of getting this is a big room yeah it's a huge room 1250 people and then there's 250 people st- standing outside trying to get in to see you mm-hmm. that, that to me is an accomplishment that, that in a market like Vegas and it's happened to multiple artists here where I just wish that I could not that they're bad yeah. but just bottle it and just give it to them to where they can go back to Little Alley or Little Carter be like, or little Carly, go. yeah. Look and at what you did. Yes, and that feeling that they had more mm-hmm. than anything—if you could just open it up and let that go into the air—and because it's a neat experience watching them. Yeah. And like um, Russell just sent me a video of his of, a, of an experience that he had here back in the day, and it was kind of a cool experience. Um, I'll play it for we weren't done, but it was just—it just, just kind of neat because I remember things of a certain way and certain things that happened that were just to me priceless mm-hmm. stuff that you can't pay for. Yeah. And those are the elements that I wish sometimes you could just put in a bottle and just have it on the shelf. And when people are having a bad day, mm-hmm. they can go back and go, fuck, man, remember this feeling. Yeah. And that makes it all worth it. I mm-hmm. think that should make it all worth it. I think it does, though. And I think, too, you have to remember that, like, you are a bottle. Like, memories are, are more intentional to make than people realize that they are. You know, it's not just something that you get to experience a moment and do it. And then tomorrow, hope that you remember it. You know what I mean? Because there's so many times where three days later, Bev and I will be like, dang, Friday was a great show. Were you ever there? And I'm like, no, I never showed up once. Were you there? And she's like, no. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. You know what I mean? Mentally? Yeah, like just mentally. Like you were making sure everything went so perfect and everything went so right that you never got to just have that moment that you talk about that you always encourage me to have on stage. You're like, hey, just once. Just look around. Just one time. Just look around. And like that doesn't happen if you don't tell yourself, hey, just look around. You know what I mean? And so it's like we are these bodies of bottles because I've accomplished what I've accomplished. There's a song, very... by the way. There's a song. <laughs> Write it down. I just want I just want a little bit of a credit. This <laughs> Write it down. We'll play it on the next podcast. 
It'd be great. But we're just, we're, we're bottles of bodies, bodies of bottles. I don't even remember it now. But, and it's like, I've accomplished what I've accomplished. I'm very proud of it. Obviously, we have a very long way that we get to go. And we get to do that kind of thing. But with that said, like, the first time someone ever asked me to come play somewhere, pretty sure it was a Chick-fil-A and I was a caroler. But still, (laughs) I feel the same way that day as I did the first time somebody tipped me, as I did Mm -hmm. the first time I got paid for a show, as I did the first time I played a song for somebody. And they were like, that's about me. And I'm like, no, this is about me. What are you talking about? And, like, that kind of thing. Like, it's just... I don't know what everybody else was put on this planet to do, but like some of us get put here to just write music and sing for people and validate people's lives by validating our own. And it's like, if you need a bottle for that, dude, I don't, I can't help you. Like, yeah, (laughs) I can't help you. I tell, um, you did it again today. Your, your sound check is almost like a show. Hmm. Um, I've told multiple artists that since the first time you came in here, that the first time I ever saw that was I drove a friend of mine down to L.A. to try out for a band called Boy Hits Car. And it was the fourth day of drum rehearsal, I mean, drum tryouts. And we were at the end of the fourth day, and this band put on their faces like it was the first one, the first drummer, for four fucking days. And my buddy Nick and I went in there, and he played the last day. And they got done his two songs. They go, do you know any more? Well, on the drive down there, Nick looked at me and goes, you think I should learn another one? I went, absolutely, dude, because <laughs> you're, you're an amazing drummer. They're going to yeah. love you, but be prepared. So he did that. And I, I would come back, and I would watch these local bands play, and I, they would call me out to come check out their stuff. And I would walk in, and I would, I'd be present, but then I would just be like, you guys are doing it all wrong. Like, the answer is this. And I would tell them that story. I went to L.A., took a drummer down there. It was their fourth day. They were 14, 15 hours a day. And then when my buddy went in there on the last day, they called him back, which was rad. They ended up picking a guy by the name of Johnny Ransom, which was, then they got dropped by the record label. So everything happened for a reason. I'm so glad my buddy Nick didn't get it or didn't drive back down again. But it was just neat that I would always say, like, your rehearsal is your show. Yeah. And you did that the first day you came in here. When I walked in today, you did it again today. Not a lot of artists do that. Not a, They come in and they just want to hear, oh, yeah, that's cool, and they yeah. go about their business. Soundcheck is my favorite thing, and it always has been. The very first time, um, obviously getting to return to a venue is top-notch. It's the greatest thing ever because you at least did something right. You got invited back. <laughs> you know, yes. But also, like, just coming into a venue the first time, right, after load-in, everyone's done their thing, especially since I do get – an acoustic set in the middle of my show. I also get an acoustic sound check right at the end of it. And just to hear like a room for the first time. I saw you walk out on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. This room I wanted is... to hear the room. I also wanted to watch my lights. Uh, they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. This room is um this room is definitely special. I just look what time it was. Um and it keeps getting more special because there's a lot of neat things. I want to go back to something else about you talk about you guys being there on a Friday mentally, whatever. Tyler Braden, do you, do you know who that guy is, the artist? Mm-hmm. He's an up-and-coming guy. He came through here again not too long ago, and we made a kind of a deal with each other. And I go home every Friday after a show, and I sit on the couch, and I decompress. And I just sit for about 30, 45 minutes. And I just kind of soak up what the night was, relax, get myself ready for bed. No gummies. Um, <laughs> but we promised ourselves that we were going to journal. So he's journaling every city that he goes to, and he writes something special about the city to remember where he played, something about that experience. Well, we're holding each other accountable. And I go home every Friday, and I have, uh, I told Heather and Alyssa, um, 
Because I'm very hard to buy for because if I want something, I just go buy it. So for Christmas, I said I want a journal and some pens that I can put. I have this little thing on the couch where you can put stuff. Yeah. So um, I'll show it to you. It's rad because it's me to a T. But I started writing this year. I wish I would have done it six years ago. I wish I would have done it ten years ago. But right now, I go home. Like tonight, I'll go home yeah. and I'll sit on my couch and I'll write about everything from this. Like everything that meant something to me from this afternoon, my experiences. Uh, so I can hopefully go back. Someone can read about you or read about my experience with with another artist or or it's just really neat because as i start to write the night starts to flow yeah and i get to relive it all over again it's such a neat thing it's a huge deal i've never done that before i've never journaled i'm not much of a reader i i'm i love music i listen to a lot of music that's i guess my form of reading because i love lyrics and um but getting to do that is it's it holding me accountable um it makes me get to relive this hectic night because I'm running around like crazy. But mm-hmm. at the end of the night, I get to express myself to myself and about what I experienced. And I think it's neat. Journaling is huge. Journaling is huge. I always try and tell all my songwriter friends, hey, make sure that you're journaling or doing something creative that isn't also what we would say is productive. Right. You know what I mean? So it's not like, just writing a song. Well, not just writing a song in the sense of like. Right, when I'm going through it and I'm trying to figure out something and I'm really trying to work through a season or a problem or something in my life, as soon as I start to get to the meat to it, my brain wants to romanticize it and turn it into a chorus. You know what I mean? My brain wants to go, someone else is going through this right now. What do we do? How do we write this? And how do we make it pretty? And how do we make it whatever? And sometimes you're going through stuff that just isn't pretty. Sometimes you're going through stuff that does not need to be romanticized and flipped around. You just need to write it down as it is. And I think that it's journaling is such a huge thing that literally anybody ever, whether you're creative or not, should should take the time to do. And if you can't focus on writing to do it, like just talk to your voice memos and then go back and write down what you tell your voice memo. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's it's so helpful. And I'm very excited that you're journaling. Never. I've never done anything like that before in my life. And I started uh, January. I think Chris Bandy was the first artist that I had in January. And I started writing about it. I have a great relationship with that dude. And so it was super fun. And That's that, cool. That was easy. And then I get into, I had some, my buddy Stephen Wesley came and played here. And he brought all these artists that are in other well-known 90s and 2000s bands. And getting to meet those personalities and where they've been and what they're doing, where they come from. It's just neat. But I forgot about it. Right. You know, and the mm-hmm. idea of actually forgetting about something and being able to write it down. And I enjoy sitting at home with that. It makes me happy. Just yeah. being able to sit at home, write it. Uh, I haven't read back anything yet. And I don't think I want to. I think I just want to write and then move on. And then maybe when I get done with the book, maybe flip through. I write the artist, the date. And then s- some of them are three quarters of a page. One of them's two pages. And I want to highlight good. I don't want to even look at anything yeah. that might have negatively happened in that in that in that night. But it's fun. I, I mean, love it's, that. it's new for me. I love that. The rest of the year for you. So you're going back home. Are you gonna keep this bus and stay on? The, I mean, I know Bev was saying that you might own a bus now, but I don't. I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> we absolutely do not own a bus. <laughs> we do not. But we've had such a fun time on this run, and we've learned a lot of stuff. Um, and I think going forward from it, there were some things that we didn't want to learn from this run, just as far as like um, just numbers and stuff that it's it's not music, right? It's not when is Allie going to sing next, you guys? It's much bigger than that. And so um, we're very excited, want to just tackle that yeah, and, and figure it out and make it work in the future. Um, we've got some 
shows lined up for March that are in like Michigan. I get to play the Machine Shop for the first time, which is just one of those venues I've just yep. heard about forever. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Um, and just going to keep moving forward with this. Again, going to get a plan behind tattoos and try and put it out, um, as well as just encouraging. Um, there's been a mental shift for me with social media, right? So I think TikTok was a big one that, that put a mindset on me that every post needs to gain followers. You know what I mean? And that's true, and that's great or whatever. But for so long, I feel like I've kind of ignored this following that I have. You know, whereas every single post, it's trying to like, who can we get today? Who can we reintroduce to Ali Colleen? What can we show them that's going to make them want to come follow us? When for quite a long time, we've had this following that is so intent and wants to know about me and wants sure. to be a thing. So we I think also just yeah. going forward with content, too, is a big thing for the year, but intentional content, not me doing fads that I think will work well because they're working well for somebody else or, or something. I think I'm excited to dive into that. And I also think it will make it not so freaking awful to do it's such a demand you know i was sitting with someone um a couple weeks ago and they asked me if there's any artists that that i'm liking at the particular time that are newer and i named a few and the first question that came is how's their socials because that's all anyone gives a shit about anymore and i think it's cool i think the social side if you use it um organically um I truly believe that stuff will grow. I think it will. I mean, the people that force some things and I don't know. I think they're fun. You guys can be so creative with it. You know, I, I've, I have a TikTok. Um, it's, um, <laughs> it's, I don't use it. Uh, it's Toad Talk, T-O-A-D-T-O-K. And I literally wanted to have someone follow me around and kind of put together a recap of what a, of what a day is like yeah. backstage with you dinner your show yeah. just kind of a whole because there's there's just this aura out there that people believe that you come to town i always say this hookers and blow play your show get on a plane and go to the next town because that's what we were all raised thinking that that's what rock right. and roll was but there's a whole another side to it there's a side of of stuff that people don't get to see and that was my goal with it so maybe someday i'll get to that that is my goal of the whole toe talk thing is really I like it and like you said I think too when we live it every day it doesn't seem uninteresting to us you know like but nobody so many knows things that we do that like just doesn't become a thing and my friends and I have this conversation all the time it's like we make content all the time and then we watch the video and we're like that's not interesting and I'm like to you. you do this every day just yeah. post it if you have if you thought for a second post it post it yeah. now if it's your butt or something think about it but like <laughs> if you post it <laughs> We all have so many ideas all the time, and we never do them. Yeah, I'm put, I'm put that on his shirt. If it's your butt, think about it, then post it. <laughs> if it's your butt, think about it, <laughs> then, then post, maybe it. post it. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. So, uh, get to play the machine shop. This release comes out. Do you have a bunch more stuff that you're gonna start releasing? I know we talked about. I think the scary part about re releasing music this day is, you look at some of these artists that put out 20, 30 songs at a time. Then you look at artists such as yourself that have the means that you still have to work your ass off to get a song put together because it's time, it's money. Um, but would you want to put together a full album like that and put out 15 songs? I want to so bad. Um, but we just keep running into just the financial side of sure. it. Just because so many producers right now are... I mean, they're making so much money off singles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what everybody's doing. And then also, when everything switched to streaming, we don't make money off music anymore. 
You know what I mean? We make our money touring. We make our money off merch. And we make our money off of um, business opportunities that we're allowed to have. And, private, and events. private events. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of private events. And that kind of thing. So it's like, it's just, it's been tough to navigate where's our money best place? Is it in a single? Or do we put out a 15 song album? You know what I mean? Or do we, what do we do? Because we have the songs for it. You get the longevity out of doing the singles here and there, I think, but it just goes to the backside of that is if you, if you, if you can put out a full album, how long do you sit on that? Like as in pushing the singles, two or three singles, and then you move on to what? Then what do you do? So yeah, the money part's tough. That's why. And all of your streams are going, right? Like they're putting a, hopefully they're putting a 12 song album on repeat and listening to it. And that's amazing. But that's spreading all of your streams out across 12 songs, opposed to putting out one song right. that they're going to put on repeat for three days and then probably never listen to it again. But that's fine. Hopefully you get your streams in your three days. You know what I mean? Like, So, um, so there's just a lot of stuff to think about and to, and to put into it. But definitely new music. Um, hoping to play places we haven't played before. Do you want to go on the road with anybody? I would love to be a supporting um act for a, a while especially on something that had ticket sales because we we do so well at every show once the people get in the doors you know and, and we we do really well with anyone that interacts with us in any kind of way it's just a matter of getting people to the show right or getting them to listen to the song and if i could be a supporter for on who a, on a tour for who there's a couple of them would you want to go out with like an ashley mcbride or would you want to go out with somebody i would love to go out with ashley mcbride or even like We've talked about Lee a lot, like Lee Bryce, like going out with Lee and I, because our stuff is not even similar, but um, I would just love to work with him um, more than just in the studio as we have. And then then there's opportunities. Like Carter and I have put together a couple different shows in a couple different places that are just the acoustic songwriter rounds, because when you get those outside of Nashville, people lose their minds. But in Nashville, it's in every single bar, every single night, every right. single whatever. And like just... Doing an acoustic tour of that would be amazing to do with my friends, like to do with Carly and Carter and everybody. But like, that's not where we make money. No, I did something uh, during rodeo. I opened up on a Sunday, and it was Randall King's Tonk Vegas, mm. and it was Josh Ward, Win Varble, Kylie Fry, who I'd never met before. She's an amazing chick mm-hmm. too. Jake Jacobson and Jake Worthington, and it did well. We sold like eight hundred plus tickets for it on a Sunday on a night we're never even open. It was rodeo. That's why I believe it happened, right. and it did well. But the flip to that is here. It doesn't. It doesn't translate well. Here, yeah, it wouldn't. No, we're talking about like. I'm those just saying. Old, I wish it. We're talking did. about like those theaters. You know what I mean? Like the theaters sure. that are going out that everyone wants to come back to. That are just these really cool theaters that are built for sound, which is also something that us performers never get to perform in a right. place that's built for sound. I sat with Ward um, and his partner trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to get Whiskey Jam on the road and for it to make sense. Yeah. Like I know that that he had talked with Michael at Moonshine. And we talked here. It just financially doesn't make sense. Selfishly, it's, I don't want it to. Selfishly, yeah. I just want Whiskey Jam to stay Whiskey Jam. Yeah. I like the big parking lot one that they do every now and then, and yeah. I love the Thursday Tuesday thing that they do. Yeah. And I'm I Ward's worked so hard on it. I imagine that of course he wants to grow it. Of course sure. he does. Selfishly, I want Whiskey Jam to just be Whiskey Jam. Yeah, the big ones you guys do out there, man. I mean, I've been to a couple of those, and I wouldn't go if I was a regular person. I don't go. I've never been to one. Yeah. Unless you're uh, in the back or someone fucking knows you, you're screwed. Yeah. Because you're just, you're waiting. But you're they watching lose their people. mind for that. Like, like yeah. well, consumers dude, of music lose their mind well, but, for it. And I would I would assume that majority of those people that go to those big ones are probably not locals. They're people that are in right. town that yeah, build themselves around that. that yeah, because that's a neat thing. I mean, I remember when we first started going there, we would go to Winners and Losers, then we went to the Red Door, and it was like, well, shit, fuck Red, you know I mean? Winners and Losers can whatever, but you go to the Red Door, and all you guys just, like, the regular... 
Mm-hmm. That's your regular place hangout. And we, it was like, I would walk in there and be like, Toad, what the fuck are you doing here? Yep. And I'm like, dude, this place is rad because the majority of people that come through here mm-hmm. are there. I always avoid Red Door. Yeah. Uh huh. Why? I always run into everybody. I don't like yeah, Red Door. Yeah, well, that's fair for you. Uh huh. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't really not like anybody, but. But those people that are there, I don't like them. (laughs) It's the red lights, honestly. It has nothing to do with the people. Someone kept telling me about a hole in the ground that the devil lives down in all kinds of shit. Yeah, it's a skeleton. It's just a little skeleton peeking up at you. He's very cute. There's also a hole like a foot from it that you can't see anything in. So pick the right one because otherwise you just look stupid. That sounds like another story. Um, (laughs) Tell people how to find you online. Um, AllieColleenMusic.com is our website, which will direct you to anything you could possibly want to find for Allie Colleen. We have merchandise. We've got some really cool, spooky um, merchandise on our website. We have a tour tab that's always updated. Um, and then our socials are Allie Colleen Music, just Allie Colleen on TikTok. Um, but yeah, thank you, man, Dude, for this making was some fun. time for me. Can you do me a favor and have fun tonight, okay? I will. And I can't wait to journal. I'm not going to tell you what I write about. I'm going to ask you about it. I'm not going to tell you. But I'm going to ask you I'm about gonna, it. I'm like, that goes a bit. Just joking. <laughs> Thanks again for the time. Tougher than the leather in the Bible belt. Softer than the petals of a mission bell. Make your blood burn. And you'll like it when it hurts.